Thanks for joining us again. Movie two of Tom Atkins' week, Jared. This is more Atkins. This is a lot more Atkins than the previous film. I mean, the previous film, he was 85 years old. He was probably phoning it in. But he, was still, he still gave us three mustaches mm. for that performance. This is 1988's Maniac Cop, right in the fucking sweet spot <laughs> of, of the Atkins period. What, from 81 through 89? Is that, that's, that's Atkins' as his finest. Yeah. The Fog, Halloween so. 3, Night of the Creeps, Maniac Cop, all in that period. Mm. So peak, peak Atkins. All right, we, we're going to skip everything else. So we're going to take a break right now. Here's the trailer for 1988's Maniac Cop. There's someone out there. Hey! No one knows his name. No one knows his face. Oh, no. But now... The most terrifying man in the city. Carries a badge. Edward, unstable and there was a deceleration injury. As in your old hanging. You really think a cop did this? Why not? Would you automatically assume that it was a police officer instead of some lunatic dressed up like a cop? Fight squad. Go kill again. He enjoys killing. He strikes without cause. Without mercy. He may be getting information from inside the department. That means he is one of us. You see a cop, you crossed it the other side of the street. You're not gonna get me. Anybody who wants to shoot a cop nowadays has got one hell of an excuse. This one is my personal life, any of your business. Since your wife was found dead in the motel room. You gotta be wrong. You wanna see the pretty picture? Hold on, I didn't do any of this. When a cop turns killer, you have the right to remain silent forever. Maniac Cop. Nineteen eighty-eight. Maniac Cop. Directed by William Lustig, who gave us Maniac. And written and produced by Larry Cohen, who wrote Phone Booth, as well as several other decently regarded pictures over the years. Mm. Bit of shit as well (laughs) in there, but I was always a bit of a Larry Cohen fan. He's got a few decent films in there. It stars Tom Atkins as Frank McRae, Bruce Campbell as Jack Forrest, Laureen Landon as Teresa Mallory, Richard Roundtree as Commissioner Pike, and Robert Zadar as Matt Cordell. It cost $1.1 million, and its box office worldwide was 671000 So not a hit. Bruce mm. Campbell admits he only did the film because he needed work. <laughs> he also admits it wasn't any good. Speak for yourself, Bruce, because <laughs> I've seen some of your other films. Yep. All right. I'm going to go straight into this one. This was an entertaining, briskly paced piece of pure schlock. Yeah. That at times actually raised some interesting questions, but because of its schlockiness, 
just has to bumble over the top of that. Like you don't you don't look into those things any further. You just mm. bang on through. It does descend into some pretty silly shit by the end. But it's a decent little time waster for me. And with a solid cast of genre actors. And it's worth a look in anyone's book. <laughs> so for me, I'm giving it three out of five. As far as mustaches go, I'm going with five bristling mo's. Ooh, five. It is yeah, it's at his most bristliness. Is Mr. Atkins. He's at his peak here. Right. Yes. Okay. Well, yeah, I'm with you on three stars. Essentially, for me, if you are handing over your hard-earned to see a movie called Maniac Cop, you get what you pay for (laughs) in this particular instance. There is nothing more than that. It's a cop (laughs) and he's a maniac. That's what we came in for and that's what we got. So <laughs> I actually think it's quite well directed in certain certain instances, especially the, the, where the, when the cop is going through his kills. Mm. There's a couple of really good ones where the direction is kind of ramps, ramps the tension up a little bit. You know, you, you mean you spoke about specific shots that we'll get into in those scenes where I felt the direction was pretty good. Mm. It possibly doesn't sustain all the way through. What probably should be one of the more exciting pieces when when we kind of ended ended all starting in the police yeah. precinct building there it's kind of peters out a little bit and yeah. then it sort of steams towards the ending. But prior to that, I, I really enjoyed it. In terms of mustaches, I'm going to go for four four, four bristling mows. It is Atkins starting to show his age just a touch, a little bit, <laughs> little bit, bit of porge, yeah, a little bit of porge, a little bit of graying Atkins. We're still getting him him uh, hitting the piss a couple of times, you know, ordering doubles at at last call, and you know, a bit of classic classic Tom Atkins work. And we also get the hint that yeah, he's graying and he's past it, but he's still just you know uh, irresistible to women. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'll give it four bristling mows there for Tom. But I expect one. nothing less from <laughs> Thomas Atkins between eighty one and eighty eight. Yeah, correct. You know, like. He is a man, a man for all seasons during that period. <laughs> so it's, it's no surprise. No. Also, one of the um, it almost gets a star for the tagline. Oh, yeah, the right remains silent forever. Forever, correct. One love of the it. great taglines. Yeah, yeah, love it. First thing for me is in the likes category is it's a good, solid genre cast. Yeah, definitely. Bruce Campbell, Tom Atkins, Richard Roundtree, people that we've seen, we know. Yeah, they go, they... They engage in a bit of ham. <laughs> yeah. Look, I think it's it's fair to say that Bruce Campbell's under his best, but when I found out, you know, Campbell and Atkins in the one movie, I nearly overdosed on charisma. <laughs> <laughs> you almost died of a charisma overdose. <laughs> the thing is, the thing is, Tom Atkins, he, there's only one other film where he's more charismatic for me, mm-hmm. and that's Night of the Creeps. Yep. I mean, hey, you, can hey, make hey. Your, you can make your arguments about Halloween. Oh, you can make your arguments, but he's a and he's look, a scumbag. I would listen to him. I'd listen to them. They they have to be listened to. But you're right. He's yeah. He's he's the charisma's on display here. Are this you is, telling me it's not in Halloween three? No, no, no. You know, at no. his seductive best. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's it. In Halloween 3, he is trying to to have sex with anything that he can find. But he's also kind of a little bit of a lowlife. Yeah. Whereas 
Yeah, he has some of those traits in both this and Night of the Creeps. Yeah. But he's kind of that world-weary cop who's up for the challenge. You know what? I'm going to say this. I'm going to throw this out there. If Tom Atkins had been 30 in the late 80s, he would have fit the Bruce Willis type of mould. I think yeah, he would have fit that, that world-weary guy with a bit of charisma and a bit of humour who's up to the task whenever it's the shit's, you know, hitting the fan. So yeah. in, in Willis's stable, something like The Last Action Hero, I oh, know it's not The Last Action Hero, The Last Boy Scout, yeah. is the classic example of that. Well, the, the mountain of empty cans would have been right <laughs> in Atkins' wheelhouse. Yeah. Yeah. His mean, entire car would have been right yeah. of them. I mean, that's, that's a bloody Tuesday afternoon for Dr. Dan Chalice. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's on call for <laughs> Dan Chalice. He's fucking pounding down titties left and right. Yeah, demolishing tins like they're going out of And look, I, I don't feel that's an over-the-top statement. I feel no. that... I can see, yeah, I can see the similarities. You see... In the in the in the parts where he's doing a little bit of little bit of the work with the, trying to add the charm, like when yeah. he's talking to the lady, trying to that that he's he's got the the hint that she's involved, yeah, and he starts trying to talk to her, getting a little bit of information out of it. That's where you see it. Yes, that's where he's laying on the charm, and you know <laughs> he's doing all that all and, that work, and you kind of see that command, that kind of presence in those yeah. sort of. And that's so. that's kind of what he has. And still has. And don't get me wrong, he carved out a very nice niche yep. and a very nice career. But I'm just saying that, you know, had he, he could have fit that role, that star role that Bruce Willis fit for 25 years, the same sort of thing, because they have similar qualities about them as actors, mm. which is the screen presence and the charisma and all that sort of shit and the little sort of, you know, wink at the, at the, t- at the screen. And Atkins does it really well here. For, for me, this is... Probably his best best performance because it, it's a little bit downplayed from Night of the Creeps, which is kind of way over the top. Like you know, Detective Ray Cameron is right, out, yeah, he's right off the reservation. Yeah. But this guy's a, this guy's a nicer character, so I really dig the way Atkins kind of handles this. Mm. Bruce Campbell, yeah, look, Bruce Bruce is not great. Let's be honest, his performance is not anything to write home about. No, it's not no. your classic. It's Bruce. Bruce still still doing a little bit of acting, not your classic kind of what we expect him to be, very hammy and over the top. What yeah. he's become when you see him in things now, yeah, that's kind of what you expect from him. Whereas here, as you said, he was just looking for some work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, according to him, <laughs> came in and, yeah, came in and did a job. And but I just like it. Uh, Round trees always solid. Again, he's slightly over the top, but that's what you kind of expect here. Yep. So I was really happy with the acting. Yep. I mentioned earlier on that the film actually touches on some interesting subjects. It doesn't commit to them yeah. because they don't fit the, they don't fit the maniac cop brief. No, you no. pointed out, but they are interesting. So the fear of the police, yeah, because there's a a, a killer on the street who's a, supposedly a police officer. The information being fed by the media into the public, which then gets them all scared which ends in a, a woman killing an innocent police officer. Yeah. yeah that's inter- that was some interesting stuff. There's a bit of a bit of the wrongfully accused kind of thing. What, the, you know, the car that's playing <laughs> La Cucaracha? <laughs> <laughs> no, like Cordell's allegedly 
wrongfully imprisoned. Yeah. For I mean, I'll get to that. I mean, yeah, well, I'm not really it's sure. Debatable. Why, like, but... <laughs> it is debatable. But I kind of like it. Gives it a touch more than your average. Yeah. I guess in the sense that Maniac Cop could have just been a run of the mill, pretty straight down the line kind of slasher film, and I just feel it's slightly elevated. It could have gone, kind of yeah, thing. it could have dug it a little bit more into that sort of stuff, but uh, you're, I, I think I would have they liked don't to just see more. Ho- they don't just wholly and solely throw it away because there's a number of scenes where Atkins and the the captain are talking in the bar about the same sort of thing, the fact that, you know, that she killed a cop. and Well, the talking the heads. You get yeah. the talking heads and then you get, I mean, a little bit ahead of its time when you're talking about you get, you get the black guy in there and he's talking about how he's – Relationship to the cops isn't any different because that's what they normally do to me. Yeah, like, exactly. So it's got it's touching on those sort of elements there, which is ahead of again, its time. I thought who would have said maniac cops? Well, you know, <laughs> slightly. So I mean, they're touching on that, even though. And this was another one of my likes, even though we're back in Jason's New York. <laughs> you know, where you, True. you know what you can't go out the streets yeah, because yeah. it's <laughs> don't go down the don't go down the sewer. Well, definitely don't go down the sewer at midnight. Midnight. <laughs> But yeah, we're back in New York where you can't take a step out onto the street without encountering some scumbag mugged. <laughs> so yeah, I'm not I'm not saying it was like revolutionary, but the fact that it actually included little parts like that. Yeah. I mean that's what you get with a bit of Larry Cohen. So things like the stuff are actually yeah. commentaries on there's a little bit of commentary. And, stuff, and, and, yeah. Yeah, it would be not a lot, but it's it's nice to actually touch on it. It would be interesting to know if there was stuff that wasn't included. Yeah. I mean, that, I think, that, that went further into it. I think they knew where this was placed, and they didn't go too too deep into that stuff for for those reasons. <laughs> Grindhouse cinemas, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this was placed. I'd say. Yeah. I actually really like the opening credits. There's yeah. something about that sequence that not not you know nothing's really happening. Mm. He's just getting dressed, but it's done in this really slow and deliberate manner. Mm. How he's putting everything in. Everything's got to be in the right place, and yeah, he's putting all the weapons in, and yeah, you know, the gun and the the the, the speed loader and all that stuff. It, it it's it's a, just a nice little way to do the opening opening credits, and I actually really liked it. Yeah, I thought that was good. The opening scene in general. I mean, if you didn't, we knew what the movie was about. We walked into a movie called Maniac Cop, and we were very quickly delivered a Maniac Cop. So, <laughs> but if you didn't know that, that's if you just flick this over. That opening scene would have been really shocking and kind of... It would have been an eye-opener. It would have been an eye-opener. So, yeah, I actually, I really like that. And you, you kind of, you know, mentioned the way that it was shot about the, the lady running up to him saying, officer, officer. And he's and then, just bathed in shadow and he's just yeah. standing there and and for a few seconds he doesn't do anything, he doesn't move. Yeah. And then he just picks her up and breaks her neck. I dug that. And I felt the score in those parts was, it was pretty standard. But it all worked pretty well with, as yeah. I said, some nifty direction to kind of ring a little bit out of those scenes. I, for some reason, I just found the coroner rather amusing. Oh, yeah. He talks with his hands a lot. And he's got kind of like a mullet. He's got a mullet But sort it's of got setup. like a flat top. It's all sort of combed down onto the top of his forehead. Yeah. And I don't he, know what he was doing. He talks about things with his hands and he's all sort of talking at length about what happened to her. Yeah. I thought that was a really kind of interesting. It's kind of like one of those things where you get this character tick. Mm. You throw this character in and it's different. Yep. Really like the sequence where he beckons the guy out of the car. He knocks on the car window. Yeah, that was kind of cool, actually. Beckons him out. And that sort of, it plays into the idea that 
if you're pulled over and it's a cop, you're going to get out. You're just going to hop out. That's yep. right. You're going to do what you've been told to do. Yes. And the fear in that is he's a killer. Yeah, you're guy. placing your trust in something. Yeah. And if that is not the case, and you know, yeah. I dig the the knife, the baton with the knife blade in it too. You like that? Yeah, I dig it. That's like something out of Batman. No, you know, the Penguin cool. would have that. It was <laughs> cool. It was actually cool. I loved when, as you mentioned, Richard, Richard Roundtree just bulldozing his way into a conversation <laughs> like about a Tom, Atkins. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Atkins' PTSD. <laughs> and then he goes, you, you know, you don't smile very much. And then Atkins kind of rings out this grin. <laughs> It is champagne Atkins. He just looks at him with his uncomfortable kind of show on his top teeth for a couple and of I seconds. I just love the way he couches it too. Didn't you try to blow your brains out a couple of years ago? Yeah, yeah. That's really fun. sort of tiptoeing around the sensitive yeah, issues yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, fuck. Some tact, mate. Yeah. It's called tact. That's correct. Just, um, just you know, ease up a touch. <laughs> I tell you what, I got an absolute... Giggle out of the bloke who's been concrete and face down in the fucking yeah. pavement. Yeah, yeah. And it cuts to a couple of blokes jackhammering him Jack out. I love that one. And I mean, the pace of it early on. I mean, in 15 minutes, we've got three instances of the maniac cop going to town. That one being my favourite. As you said, it's kind of you see him doing it and then you. And you see him doing it like. You know, a couple of centimetres away from his head that he's now fucking concreted to the pavement. Uh, excellent stuff, I loved man. it. I loved it. <laughs> what I love about Tommy Atkins, and look, I say this with the, the greatest amount of love. He had a bit of a porch going on. He, 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 look, he's not an ugly man, right? Like, some would, people would tell him, he head like a robber's dog. He didn't have that sort of thing going on. It was more like a shoplifter's dog. <laughs> That's harsh. But Tommy Adkins is such a charismatic actor that there's a sequence where he meets the reporter. Yeah. <laughs> he is 25 years her senior. No doubt like about it. He's wearing a rumpled jacket. He looks, he looks like shit. Smelling like the bottom of a bottle of Jack. <laughs> Yeah, it's like he's fucking bathed in some Jack Daniels prior, <laughs> and yet she is madly attracted to the bloke. Yep. I love it. I mean, we get the insinuation that he has to let it down easy and just say, no, no. Yeah, look, not, not, not tonight. Not, for, not like. tonight, love. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Can't do it. Can't do it tonight. I'm busy, but I'll come and see you tomorrow. <laughs> look, I'm working. If the case wasn't as interesting, this is what I love about it. You know? Yeah, if it was a standard bloke, concrete to the paper. <laughs> <laughs> Standard yeah. by this... concrete in the pavement case. Yeah, yeah. I'd be having your place, no doubt. But this is a, this is a, you know, this is a, a pavement face with a couple of uh, <laughs> questions that I need to answer. So it's it's definitely not your standard head in the pavement gig. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. I just love it because it's 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 sort of harking back a little bit to Halloween three. Yeah. It's harking back to the Dan Chalice model. Yep. 
which is a bristling moustache, a six-pack of beer, and a shirt open to the fucking navel. Well, that's right. And I mean, we get, it, we get a couple of scenes of, of him hitting the piss here. He's like, there's a couple of scenes with him drinking with the other cops. There's a scene where he um, rescues um, Mallory and does – that's her name, isn't it, Mallory? The, yeah, yeah. yeah he, he, the female cop. Help, well, she kind of rescues herself, but he's there, you know, and takes her into the bar to kind of lay out the details. Immediately – Gets a drink delivered and says, run me a tab. Continues the dialogue. They come back 30 seconds later and say, last call. Yeah, yeah. Doubles. Yeah, yeah. We'll have doubles. Punch that out. I mean, if he's not in the sack with a beautiful woman, he's drinking. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but that's why you give the guy five mustaches. <laughs> that is five mustache worthy uh, That's work. why I gave him a four, because he knocked back the opportunity to be in the sack with it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you definitely give him a five for you to laid that out. Well, that's you, that's the Tom Atkins checklist, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Alcohol, yes. <laughs> a dalliance? Yes. With a woman that's probably out of his league? Yes. yes. Is she out of my league? But, but, but who? But, but who's in Tom Atkins's league? Because let's be well, honest. Everybody. No, no. No, no. He's, in a, he's a cut above. Right? That's why he can turn that kind of lady down. That's well, why he can say that. told us he's got a head like a no, dog. No, I guess well, sorry. maybe. Head like a shoplifter's dog. I guess. Okay, maybe it's not a shoplifter. Maybe it's a juvenile offender. <laughs> juvenile offender. So he's got a head like a juvenile delinquent. Dog, but he's, <laughs> he's <st> <laughs> no, no, no. I was probably bringing it out. What I mean is, he's got that weathered type of look. I would describe it like this: he's got an everyman quality, but every man knows they're not Tom Atkins. <laughs> <laughs> they're no match for Tom Atkins. <laughs> he's got that world weariness about him. He yeah. always looks rumpled and kind of, you know, not quite. Kind of like he slept in his clothes, yeah, I guess yeah, is the yeah. word I'm looking for. Yeah. But yet he's always very alluring to the chicks. Yeah. And maybe so, it's maybe it's the cologne. He's, maybe he's using the old spice. <laughs> he's busting out the old spice. Old spice. <laughs> <laughs> or, the, or the jack. <laughs> maybe he's using sex panther. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> the sh woman shooting the real-life cop. The, uh, the 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 cop who's who's not the maniac cop. Yeah, which it's, was you know it was a little bit telegraphed, but you knew you, you kind of saw it coming. But it but was a good way a good... to once again solidify that angle of yeah. the fear in the community of the. Police. And I kind of wish they had gone a little bit further with it, like that just a little bit, kind of explored a touch that they you know they're trying to trying to solve this issue against that kind of backdrop for a little bit, but they didn't yeah. they didn't go too far down that. I also kind of felt that Cordell's sort of reasoning behind him is extracting vengeance type of thing. It was it was kind of okay, you know, the whole idea that he was accused, yeah. put in prison, then he was attacked and cut up down the line. But you know, the the, the powers that be had put him in did there him wrong, and he's seeking revenge. Yeah. That's all we needed. It's, it's all down the line, that. simple as a movie like Maniac Cop will give you. Correct. Um, I've got a little like around that this was more something that I was laughing at and again showing that we're not all in Tom Atkins is kind of not all at his yeah, level right. Bruce Campbell's taking his affairs to a joint called the Budget Inn to close the deal <laughs> let me tell you something Tom Atkins would not be seen dead the Budget he's Inn he's not going, going that deal. anywhere near no, no he's going four stars minimum that's why Atkins is in the you know in the in the, the street clothes and and 
Campbell's still rocking the uniform. <laughs> no, like but, not... <laughs> but even if even if a rumpled, bleary-eyed Atkins walked into the fucking the Hilton, he gets it. He says, "Run me a tab." They <laughs> yeah, say, right. "Yep, here you go, up to a suite." Yeah. So Bruce is uh, Bruce he's got, got, got lessons some, to yeah, learn. He got lessons to learn. He does unfortunately just not get enough time with Tom to sort of let it rub off. No, that's right. I would have liked to see them kind of partner up. You know, by, <laughs> by the end of the film. I uh, would have loved it. I actually did like him cutting a swath through the police station. The Is scene it, started great. It, it's, it's, it feels like a slasher movie. Well, it's I almost liked, like very much a slasher movie. I liked where they were discovering the bloody trail of destruction, yeah. basically. But I, I just felt like it, it kind of lost a little bit of steam. It, was, it, it, did. it didn't feel like it was as good as when they were walking out discovering yeah. what had just happened. It It didn't. That was the peak of it. Yeah, it didn't um, go far. It didn't continue on and ramp up even further. Yeah. To some, the showdown in there was actually a little bit average. That's actually where... I thought it was pretty exciting stuff, but That's I, where I it, Atkins yeah. gets chucked out the window too, so, you know, yeah, not the movie enough. loses a little bit of steam. Yeah. See, to I think me, maybe they should have... St- stuck with Atkins as a hero. Well... That's what I would have done. Oh, yeah, I would have liked him to, to <clears throat> hang around, but also... It felt like that's where the um, it veered more into slasher, mm. which would have been cool. Mm. It, they did those parts really well, but then the rest of it was, I don't know, it, it, it does kind of fit into the slasher, but it doesn't. It's more kind of broadly sort of action-y kind of stuff. Because in a way, I would have been happy to ditch the, the Bruce Campbell side of thing. I liked that. I did actually like the, the especially the intro of it where they're, you know, they're, the, the affair wife, comes yeah. out and that sort of stuff, and it puts him in the firing line. I, I was okay with that, but I just sort of liked the this, as you said, the slashery sort of elements when they were coming out of that scene. That's where I felt like it was more. Yeah, I was disappointed apparent. that Tom Atkins got thrown out the window. Though. I was yes, fucking. I was, definitely. I'm not going to say. I was upset. I was fucking dirty, <laughs> dirty on that because I forgot that he died at that point in the film. Like I, I thought Atkins was in it the whole way. Yeah. So when he got chucked out the window. I was thoroughly not happy. happy. I wasn't not happy. happy. Um, I was hoping he'd bounce up like Trick and then just kind of continue on. <laughs> so, yeah, he shakes that shit off. Yep. Nice to see Sam Raimi doing a little bit of reporting reporting from the uh, St. Paddy's Day Parade. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's a Bruce Campbell thing or nice something. Nice little touch. Yeah, nice touch. I actually really liked There was a shot where the commissioner and the captain walk out to the elevator. Yeah. And it's shot from a distance. Yeah, and there's the two doors, and they've got two small hole like windows in them. They're in one window, and then and Cordell's hand pops up with the knife and yeah, kills yeah. them both. That was um, good. I liked it. That was a really, really, really nice touch. Mm-hmm. Good, good sequence. Yep. And I actually kind of liked the car chase at the end. Pretty well shot. There's a bit of excitement built up. Cordell ends up taking a fucking pipe in the chest, drives off the, off the pier. You know, standard kind of. Action beats, but it worked out well. Yeah, not bad, not bad. It it didn't sort of, it wasn't standout. Yeah, but it was sort of like satisfactory. Yeah, it, it ended it in a decent fashion. Yeah, and of course, you know, left it open for more <laughs> for more maniac cops. That's and right. I believe Shadow's got the first three, two. He's uh, got the second one as well. I think it's one and three. Which well, is unfortunate. You know, three fuck Shutter. <laughs> get your hands on. The maniac. Well, company. Amazon's got exactly the same. They've got one and three as well. Badge of silence. Yeah. I would have jumped straight into two last night if it was on there. Yeah, true. <laughs> Anything else from you? No. Likes what? All right. Into the dislikes for me. 
I think splitting your main character didn't work for me. Campbell gets as much screen time as Atkins, but they're kind of hodgepodging it. He sort of usurps him in the end. And and nobody usurps Tom Atkins. I I feel like they should have... I'm the same. If someone dies, it's probably Campbell. Yeah. For me. Because you want Tom Atkins to, to get it through. I guess it was for shock value, but I liked bringing Campbell in as the the suspect. But then they kind of took him into the main role, which I I agree. I'm not yeah. Sure see, I've so got much. I've got problems with the and having I mean, him as a suspect. This as is much the, as I understand it. This is the esteem that we hold Tom Atkins in. Is that I'm upset that Bruce Campbell gets more time time than Tom Atkins. <laughs> Absolutely. But the thing is, Atkins' storyline. We could have dug deeper into Atkins's personal issues, because yeah. um, apart from fucking, I thought it? it was going to be that Cordell was his partner. See, that could have worked, but yeah. See, that could have been another sideline to it. Is Atkins had to bring Cordell down, or something At- like Atkins that? Atkins was the one who arrested him, or something. Yeah, I, do you know I, what I mean? I just, um, I think. Because they, they touch Again, on PTSD, I, I, I but they don't keep, go into it at all. Yeah, I, I was okay with keeping Campbell in there, but side character. Not don't don't have him finish it off. Maybe they didn't trust Atkins to be hanging off the side of the, that, that we wouldn't buy that Tom Atkins could be hanging off the side of that truck at the end. Or, How dare you? Oh uh, yeah. How dare you? <laughs> I still trust him now. Yeah. So I can I could have copped it then. I mean he was in his fifties. Yeah. But then you could have shaken up the finale. It could have been different. I mean, it's Maniac Cop. As you said, it's Maniac Cop. So you're coming in with a preordained, schlocky B-movie kind of style and aesthetic. You're not going for a deeper exploration into what Tom Atkins' post-traumatic stress was. Correct. But if you're going to mention it, you've got to give me something. Yeah, yeah. Tie it in somewhere. It doesn't come up at all again. No. And that's what I mean about those interesting ideas. Yeah. They are sort of fleetingly put up in the air. Yeah. And then just dropped. Yeah. Like, you know, we're not we're not interested in that anymore. Yeah, we're not gonna follow through on that. And again, I get the feeling that maybe Cohen's script may have had more of that, but when you when you put your heads together and you say, Well, the movie's called Maniac Cop and we're gonna sell it to a specific audience, you get rid of you jettison that. <laughs> and you just go down the route of by the numbers. Yeah. Deaths and yeah, you, know, you you want to ramp that stuff up. Mm. So I see why they didn't do it. Which is probably you know when you're trying to you're mulling over whether Maniac Cop is into the supernatural things that the trick was in as well. It's probably <laughs> probably good not to confuse yeah. us with too yeah. much of that stuff. <laughs> At least I didn't go down that route. <laughs> oh <Holy> God. Yeah. <laughs> I this was sort of not necessarily a dislike. It was at portions. It was. I think Captain Riley was also a maniac cop. I mean, he, he certainly was fucking, sounded like he one. was a creepy bastard himself. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking, Jesus, yeah, we've got a, like this the whole time. <laughs> we've got a number of maniac cops yeah. on the loose yeah. at the moment. And I don't know about you, if I'm Tom Atkins and he starts talking, I'm going, it's him. <laughs> yeah. He's definitely the maniac That's cop. Right. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. yeah. Up. plus he gets an inordinate amount of screen time for a character that really doesn't. Play much into things. His entire purpose is just to to point the finger at Bruce Campbell, <laughs> so and direct Tom Atkins that way too. So, so the whole thing too was that Atkins was immediately saying it's a cop, it's not this guy. 
Like, yeah. We know it's not him. Whereas, uh, I don't know, throwing in that, see, and this comes to my biggest dislike. Mm-hmm. You can't really use the wrong man accused when your maniac cop looks like a fucking wrestler at 6'5". <laughs> yeah. Got a jaw the size of fucking two of Bruce Campbell's. Yep. It doesn't work. Like, you can't say, well, we're going to throw a suspect into the mix. Yeah. Because they've got witnesses. Yeah. What's his. Who are dwarfed by this man. Campbell's not a suspect. No. Because the witnesses say the guy was 6'5. I mean, like a tank. Even Bruce Campbell's legendary chin does not stand up to Zadar's. Zadar's got like three chins. (laughs) So you, you run this idea that it's a possible mystery. From the moment you show the maniac cop, he's a hulking, huge beast. Whereas it would have been better to perhaps play down his size and use shots from the back and darkness and things like that, that it's a cop, but an average-sized cop, and then you pull Campbell in on the, on a, on the death of his wife. And yeah. it, is a, it is a potential whodunit. Yeah. I mean, I can see, yeah, you're probably right. I think that angle of Campbell being pulled in because of his wife's death death, and holding on to the clippings and the phone calls and stuff, like it's, you know, she's been set up. So that sort of works because, you know, we get the, we get the sense that the, the female um, kind of admin sort of officer is, is directing it that way. Yeah. But as you said, it falls completely apart because we're supposed to believe that, that the maniac cop is a fucking giant, which he is. See, and not having like, you could still have had Matt Cordell as the killer. Yeah. But he's not a huge hulking maniac that we can tell is totally different to anyone else we've ever seen. Whereas it could have been a twist on, you know, Captain. What's his a what? What's his Cordell? Yeah, I think. Look. Again, that's it's, probably it's, going too far into a different type of film. It's a hard, yeah, it's a hard one, and maybe we'll see more of that in the bloody Maniac Cop TV show that they're, they're working on. What? The bloody, what's his name? Isn't it the guy that did Driver, uh, Drive or whatever? Is Nicholas. Doing, yeah. Well, I think I it's him making, the, making working on a Maniac Cop TV series. Oh, really? But for this type of movie, as we spoke about, it kind of you do sort of want this hulking kind of monstrosity that they're trying to yeah to to give you from early on that that works in those particular scenes yeah really. I guess I guess you you got to pick what you want to be yeah and this is B movie schlock mixed with slasher yeah correct whereas if you're going down the route of a who done it and this type of stuff mm. you are looking more at a thriller yeah so. I don't know. I think in the in this TV series, it seems like it's going to be HBO, so they might make it more, and this sounds ridiculous to say, but they may make Maniac Cop more grounded. Okay. I'll just stop there. I don't okay. Maniac Cop has been grounded. Excellent. <laughs> the main female cop is terrible. Not her, happy with her the performance. Her performance is pretty bad. Yeah. Um. I thought she was all right. No, look, not, she didn't not, work for me. It's not, I don't know, it's not really, a, it's not really a bloody. It's not a meaty part. It's not the it. actor's masterclass or anything like that. No, it's not yeah. inside the actor's studio. We're not talking to her <laughs> later about wrong. it, but I guess it didn't, she just felt a little bit over over the top. She, again, there was no need for her. To me, she is just the foil for the affair. 
Campbell's your second second tier guy. Like he's your you go Atkins up here, then you go down to Campbell. Yeah. Campbell's the who done at angle. Okay, you still want to use the maniac cop? He's five hundred feet tall and rips people's heads off. Fine, but you still only need Campbell. I did sort of appreciate that she was around though. Like at, at no, that they they were sort of working together. <clears throat> they both kind of needed each other to get through particular situations. Like he's he's locked up, so they do need. You know, they work around not having to have Tom Tom Atkins show up and and. It could we have had that. that's where we could have got more Atkins. His, bloody his, bromance his association two. with Cam- Campbell <laughs> and the fact right, that look, they both come to the conclusion that listen you look, didn't I, do it I didn't have an, I didn't have as many issues around the affair stuff and I mean I want more Atkins she, no, simple she, she's cru- she's crucial to him finding out about the other okay lady. the better actress and I mean yeah I don't okay yeah I'll, I'll give you that I'll give you that better actress would probably cut it fair enough I'll give you I that. mean she wasn't awful awful but she was just kind of there. Her, she didn't really. There's nothing memorable about her performance, mm-hmm. and nothing that she really brings to the table greatly. It's actually probably like I, I, I know I've ragged on her, but Zadar's probably the worst. His performance is really stiff. He makes a lot of really stiff movement movements, like when he when he hits somebody, it's really sort of stiffly done, and then he constantly near the end when we finally start seeing him. He keeps going, making this face, like this weird face where he clenches his teeth Showing and goes... his teeth like he's wearing a grill or something. And it's, it's kind of not necessary. Like, it doesn't bring any menace to the character. No. It's, it, in fact, it makes him... I laughed when I saw him do it. I think it would have been better to have him kind of stone-faced. Like, maybe you want to sneer, okay, but Well, he had the, the cuts and shit. Yeah, yeah. That, that would have given him that look of, of neat, like that really nasty look anyway. Yeah, showing the teeth and everything. Yeah, we didn't need that, did we? Robert. Yeah. I sticking with Cordell. I mean prior to his death he was already a fucking maniac cop if we're going by his file. I mean Jesus Christ, he did more damage beforehand. You read the titles, the titles in there every article's him killing somebody. He's got the first one is three terrorists killed. Second one, Cordell slay, uh, slays mafia chief. Third one, Cordell kills rapists. Like, of course, these are, you know, obviously they're placing them as the crooks, the bad guys, but he's cutting a swath through the city anyway. Yeah. <laughs> he's just taking a pick up where he left off. <laughs> and as you said, they go, they alternate, even that one character is sort of alternating between, oh, yeah, Cordell's legendary. And then he goes, he was always shoot first, ask questions yeah, later. Yeah. And it's like the bureaucrats locked him up. No, he got locked up because he's a murderer. Yeah, the <laughs> I mean, bureaucrats yeah. protected the bloody citizens. Yeah, exactly. I, I think, see, that's the thing. It didn't go deep enough into why he had been locked up. Yeah. It sort of insinuated think- that the bureaucrats locked him up, but for what? I feel like that's where we can get over the top, right? We find out that it was one of those two that we, we get introduced to as sort of running the cops, that they were involved or that, as you said, Atkins was his partner or something. Well, like the, the classic is he, Cordell stumbled across fucking corruption. Yeah, yeah. And they, they locked, they, they, they sent him out, put him up inside. Tango yeah. and Cash style. Tango, well, that's what, we've already theorised this. We, we've, we've seen, we've seen Cordell's prison years. <laughs> 
That, that's, I mean, can we get the super cut of Cordell in prison, <laughs> Tango and Cash? Or? Uh, yeah, look, for everyone who doesn't understand what we're talking about, Robert Sadar was also in Tango and Cash, and, of course, he was in prison with Stallone and Russell. And, yeah, look, he he's still doing his, his Matt Cordell impression that's while right. he's in there. He's still a maniac. He's in there going, bring him to me! <laughs> We Explain done- why he was locked up. Like, if if he was locked up because he shot a lot of people that he shouldn't have, <laughs> then explain that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, these three people you shot and claimed were terrorists uh, didn't get a chance to uh, have a d- put together a defence. When I see someone stabbing someone in the park, I shoot them out. That's my policy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have a five actors. It was a Shakespeare in the Park play. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. The, the problem is they keep insinuating that the brass put him in there. Yes. But give no real evidence or reasoning or anything. And Whereas paint the me, vivid picture that he was a loose cannon anyway. <laughs> so. Because to me, it wouldn't have changed the, the schlockiness of Maniac Cop. If no, you I just explain that Cordell stumbled, word on the street was Cordell stumbled across fucking, even if the commissioner, mm. when he was a detective, doing something fucking dicey. Yeah. And yeah. that's why they stitched him up. And then they had him killed because yeah. he wouldn't stop talking. You know, like, that's simple shit. That fits the B-grade schlock angle. Well, it's run of the mill, but so is a lot of other stuff in the movie, so. Yeah. That it was done stylishly and, as we said, directed pretty well. So I think you you take something like that and it works. It's like the the coroner at the the prison that yeah. says oh, he wasn't dead, and they find that out. That was pretty standard. But again, the coroner was okay. His acting performance was pretty solid to mm-hmm. deliver what you required. Yeah, and you know he gets fired up and starts drinking and he's you know where's that. Where's Tom Atkins when you need him? I need to finish this decanter. If you were really McRae, you'd be having one with me. (laughs) Get the heck out of my office. Yeah, if you were really McRae, I wouldn't have got a glass of this. He would have just (laughs) slugged it down. So, yeah, I think it's... uh, A little bit more work, a little bit more effort in that angle mm. would have at least told us why Cordell was more pissed off. I said I I liked the fact that he'd been locked up and he was, you know, he was wrongfully accused as a legitimate revenge reason. Yeah. But it doesn't fully flesh it out because it doesn't actually say why, what he did to get in there. Mm, And judging by what we're hearing from Tom Atkins and a number of newspaper outlets, he was a fucking loose unit. I was going to say, pick any one of those first couple of articles and it could have been any of those. Cordell shoots. Shot the wrong bloke. (laughs) Cordell says, oh, I wasn't aiming at him. (laughs) Cordell shoots four, meant to shoot three. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Something like that. Meant to shoot three, one was an innocent bystander. Yeah, exactly. By the, the, you know, by article number two, we could cop, okay, a stray bullet, put him in prison. (laughs) I think the uh, the only other thing that I didn't really like, and yeah. this is where I've got an issue with the Bruce Campbell being in the crosshairs. There doesn't seem to be a reason that McRae couldn't have let somebody in on his theory beforehand. Yeah. When he says the he message kinda, and he doesn't he, mention he, names. Yeah. 
you're kind of thinking, okay, well, he might want to keep it to himself rather than broadcasting it over, you know, putting it on someone's answering machine where anyone can hear it. But he's already been seen sitting at the bar, swilling piss with uh, <laughs> with Captain Ripley. Yeah. You're telling me that the lips didn't loosen up a little bit after his fucking well, fifth double? Well, let's be honest. Half an hour later, he was up on the bar with his fucking strides down. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so you can guarantee he told the whole bar what his bloody plan was. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> That's right. That's right. No, but yeah, yeah what though? Ripley, before I put my pants back on, I think, I think it might be Cordell. <laughs> I think he might have survived. But again, that plays back into corruption. Yeah. He doesn't trust anybody else, yep. especially at the higher brass, mm-hmm. because he knows what he's hearing that Cordell was put into prison over this type of stuff. Yeah. It plays in nicely, and it still plays into the schlock and, and B greatness of the film. So I'm actually kind so. of, I'm actually a little bit disappointed in Larry Cohen there. If that stuff wasn't perhaps already in there and then taken out to speed things up. Yeah. But it just feels like a missed opportunity, like a really easy missed opportunity. Yeah. I think that's fair. Not knocking Larry Cohen because he fucking knows more about script writing than we do. Yeah, he's fucking forgotten more about screenwriting than we would know, but, you know, we'll just take the opportunity to tell him how to do it anyway. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah, don't worry, Larry. We'll tell you how to get it done. Yeah. The last thing I had was Cordell's living off the grid in an abandoned dock yeah. Yet he somehow keeps an extremely well pressed cop beautiful. I know. He and always looks one hundred percent solid. He appeared to be getting dressed in a room of some sort with some standard sort of white walls. But when we see him, he is sleeping in his uniform on a crate. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, a little yeah. bit of inconsistency there. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. How's he pressing it? I don't know. I mean, he would have smelled like fucking <laughs> fish. <Yeah. laughs> like you'd have smelled him a mile away. Like he knocks on your car window and you're like, Ooh, come on, uh, should I yeah, actually get you? You wind it down and then go, oh, wind it back <laughs> up again. Like <laughs> Yeah, that was my last uh, dislike. It yep. just seems strange that, that he seemed to be looking very, very well well presented. Yeah. Can we just um, get back to a topic that we talked about before we got in here, talking about Larry Cohen and, and screenwriting and sort of, you know, we're telling him how to do it. But is it true that you didn't pick up on the fact that Cordell was in a relationship with the Yes, lady? I, did. <laughs> I did not. I thought that he was his mother. <laughs> I think it's because she was older and the idea was Cordell was, his stuff was years ago. Yeah. You know? And, of course, I didn't pick it up. Plus, on top of that, the lady playing Cordell's girlfriend, mother, mother, wife, whatever. Acquaintance. Is Cosmo Kramer's mother in Seinfeld. (laughs) In my personal favourite episode about the roommate switch. So... I was kind of, I kept, every time I saw her, all I could think of was, was that episode of Seinfeld. Yeah. But yeah, I thought it was his mother. I don't know why. <laughs> Fuck. They spelled it out, didn't I they? I know, they did. Did they say something about how, you know, his his partner was upset and well, threw herself out the window? Obviously not. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't spell that out clearly no, enough. No, no, not clearly enough. As Trick didn't spell out the fact that it wasn't supernatural. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they should have gone to those lengths early. And exactly. Stop the, the mind wandering. Did you have anything else? No, that was everything. Nah. I think. All right, that's Maniac Cop. 
peak Tom Atkins. Yeah. We loved him. Mustaches were bristling all the way through that. You can find us on Podomatic, iTunes, and Spotify. Send us an email at thrillme at iinet.net.au. We're on Facebook at Thrill Me Podcast Australia and at Podomatic at thrillme.podomatic.com. Please rate and review us if you can. We're also on Instagram at thrillmepodcastau. Our next episode, again, a little less of Tom, I believe, in the next one, but nevertheless a classic, Creepshow. Mm. Looking forward to it. Looking Very much looking forward to it. But until then, take it easy, and we'll catch up with everyone later. Cheers. Find the podcast at Podomatic or on iTunes. Don't forget to rate and review. Like us on Facebook at Thrill Me Podcast Australia or contact us at Thrill Me, all one word, all lowercase, at iinet.net.au.